happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, I'm the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad Side, and joined oh, my special guest today. Well, yes, he had some very strong opinions about today's episode, so he, you know, cap forced his way on the show. But don't you call me your good friend. Don't you call me your good buddy, you bastard. How dare you spring <laughs> that on me? <laughs> I did nothing. That was <laughs> your – you lost the competitions, and that was all on you, my friend. That was terrible. So for those of you who don't know, I lost a online challenge, Twitter challenge, with uh, Chauncey Talese. And after serving my punishment, which I was just surprised with, which we will have on YouTube, and I don't know. Are we going to make that podcast sh- uh, short? Uh, we could. We could. We could. We All right, so yeah, we'll definitely be on YouTube, potentially as a podcast show as well. Um, that was a legitimate surprise. That was not a bit. I did not know what was coming. Um, I wrote an email. I guess I just totally forgot about it. That was a wild you know, weekend uh, at a wedding uh, about two weeks ago. So if you would like to see that, it was very funny. I will give you that uh, much credit. Uh, go check it out on our channel and maybe on our podcast. So if it's not on the podcast, go on YouTube. Uh Check out our channel, LAFB Network, and the Decide Guys. We have our own specific channel. We'll be on there. Um, yeah, and ultimately, uh, I hate you. <laughs> Once again, there's very little I had to do with it. It was between you and Chauncey, and he just sort of coordinated me as far as this is the punishment. Like, that's all I, I had on it. I honestly thought it was going to be – like, I expected something LA-focused. I thought it was going to be like, oh, you have to wear an LA Rams hat, or you have to wear an LA Rams shirt. That was rough. That was because now I know like any time that was devious because now anytime I say anything against the Rams or anybody else that the LAFB network, you know, team cheers for, they're just going to shove that video in my face. Like this is <laughs> I, he screwed me for years. 100%. That was uh, that was like some Lex Luthor shit. Like that was man. Because he toyed with the idea of making you wear something, but he's like, eh, well, he kind of did that with the Patriots thing, and he was able to sort of get by with it. This is, like you said, I think this will be a lasting sort of situation yeah, where it's just Chauncey, like, yeah. Chauncey is evil, dude. <laughs> Yet you do want to replay him in that competition. So I'm considering it. You I'm tread gonna, lightly, I'm my gonna friend. Gonna in, I'm going to put in a couple days of practice, but there may be a reset, because I, I want retribution. All right, all right. You do you, buddy. But yeah, that was definitely not a competition. I was going to join it at any yeah, time. No, that's, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's harder than you think. Uh, but yes, let's jump into the topic at hand. What we were going to do in our, you know, before we did the punishment, we were going to start an episode. So we sort of restarted it here. So yeah, we're going to get into the episode here today. Talking about the NFL offseason as far as who won the offseason, who unfortunately did not have a successful offseason. We're talking about offseason as far as concerning um Combining both the free agency as well as the draft. So, I mean, because I know we did sort of like a post-draft episode. We talked about who had a good draft, who had a bad draft. And now this is sort of combining everything they did in free agency as well, plus the draft, maybe a few other additional sightings after the draft as well. Just who set themselves up to be very competitive in 2023, who has a pretty good roster, and who just unfortunately just did not do enough. So, Tad, I'm going to pass it to you here first. Do you want to start with the good or do you want to start with the bad? I'll let you choose. Well, I got to start with the bags. That's why he's here is because you know, I, I'm so very he's, light. He's very interested. I, I meant to go light on notes. And he kept like, stacking them on and stacking them on and stacking them on. Man, this team really did not do well. And, uh, you know, Cap did a very good job of pointing out that they had a rough offseason. I'm telling him, buddy. <laughs> so, 
we got to start with the bad, partially because, you know, it's almost his bedtime, so we, we got to get going on that. Uh, I'm gonna try Does to he go have back. a bedtime? Because I feel like he wakes up at random hours. Well, he has a bedtime, but unfortunately his alarm goes off about 2 a.m. Uh, you you know, and he wakes me up, so that's the whole thing. But, um, no, this team, okay, see, it's so bad he doesn't even want to talk about it. <laughs> There you go. It's so bad he's out. So let's talk about the Tennessee Titans because, man, you want to talk about a rough offseason. So this is a team that went 7-10 and 10 when they were expected to be borderline AFC title contenders. Not AFC South contenders, AFC title contenders. So 7-10, and 10, then they go in the offseason. They lose Nate Davis, Taylor Lewan, Ben Jones. We brought this up last episode when talking about Derrick Henry's fantasy prospects. If you want to know our hot take on Derrick Henry – Go back and listen to the last episode. So, okay, you lose all those offensive linemen. Now, this is already bad news because that line allowed the fifth most sacks last season. Now, it's funny because I'm actually expecting this blowback from Titans fans uh, on our last episode. So let me correct it this episode. I said the only improvement they made was drafting Peter Skronsky, the offensive tackle, out of Northwestern, which is, you know, a good draft pick. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Skronsky was my top-rated tackle on my big board. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm not going to say anything bad about that pick. Worst case scenario, he's going to be a very good guard for them. And then I said the mistake, which was they didn't do anything else to shore up that offensive line. I will admit at the time, I did not do enough research. I learned while I was doing research for this episode, they signed Andre Dillard. Congratulations. Andre Dillard is the perfect example of like, well, he was drafted in the first round. He must be good. No, Andre Dillard's not good. Amir, do you want to guess over under 40 snaps for the Eagles last year? How many did Andre Dillard play? Probably, probably under. Under. You're exactly right. Played 37 snaps for the Eagles. So I I get that. Like, and you know what? There have been cases of this in the past where, okay, this former first round pick doesn't work out for one team, goes to another Mm -hmm. team. Jerry Hughes, you know, going back to my favorite team with the Colts. He sucked with the Colts, was great. (laughs) So, like, yes, there are examples of that working out. But until that happens, I'm not going to give that signing, you know, an A. Like that's just not that, that that's a you know a hail mary signing there. So okay, so you got Skronsky and then you got Dillard to shore up that offensive line. Let's talk about more of the offense. And this was a very sad fact I learned. Robert Woods, who was and this is a sad fact, their leading receiver with 573 yards. He's now in Atlanta, which I just learned he's in Atlanta when I was doing research for that. He's in Houston. Is it Houston? Okay, that makes thank you. Okay, I thought Atlanta was weird. It's the site I was using uh, was like current team, former team. And so I saw Houston's color scheme. That's a very dark blue that site uses. That, they need to fix that. But uh, either way, he's gone. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we also talked about this in last week's episode as well. So Traylon Burks is now their number one receiver. We saw them try that last year. That didn't work out well. Now let's go to the defensive side of the ball. So they let um, they let David Long, who, by the way, I will not lie, I – did not know much about until this episode. Dave Long's a good linebacker and Miami. That was a hell of a signing by Miami because that was a pretty team friendly contract too. So they let David Long, Zach Cunningham and Bud Dupree go. Okay. So David Long had 81 tackles, which combined the two players they chose to replace him and Bud Dupree with, they didn't even combine for that. So the first player was Arden Key, who's, fine he's a good rotational player you know and uh Amir, i'm gonna need your help with this one i'm gonna try it first <clears throat> aziz al-shahar aziz al-shahir yeah 
<laughs> Sorry, he's a former Niners. I already know. No, yeah, <laughs> I know. And a lot of the things I read was like he was overshadowed by Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. So maybe yes. that will work out. But also it's just – it's high risk. And, uh, you know, it's funny. So actually give me a second. So speaking of their defense, they, uh, you know, they – oh, man, where's my notebook? The Titans had the worst pass defense in the league last year. They allowed 274, 274 passing yards per game last year. So I took some notes on what they did to uh, replace, you know, their terrible secondary. Hold on. I got it here. Okay. Okay. So they signed Sean Murphy bunting. Not a bad signing. That's good signing. Yeah, I like him. Corner out of Tampa Bay. Not a bad signing. Let's see. That's it. That's all they did was sign one okay corner for the entire offseason. They didn't even touch the secondary in the draft. Like yeah. they could not have done worse. And let's talk about the draft. So like I said, Peter Scronsky, great pick. But then on top of all of this, with all their holes that they need to fix, what do they do? They inject Will Levis into this whole situation where now you have this totally unnecessary quarterback controversy. I know Ryan Tannehill is probably not your guy. He probably never should have been your guy. But then don't screw Malik Willis. Give Malik Willis a chance to work out. You and I are still a believer. Like, hey, this could potentially work out. So it, it's just one of those things like it feels like you kind of blew up your roster. You did just enough to fix it where you're not totally rebuilding. But, man, you're not going to compete. Especially, again, they went 7-10 and 10 last year when they were expected to compete. Now – who knows? And there's there's all this drama of Kevin Byard. They asked Kevin Byard to take a pay cut. They might trade Derrick Henry. It is just a total disaster in Tennessee. I think you brought this up. I think this could be the start of the end for Mike Vrabel. 100%. I think it's going to be a start because I think we brought this up in a previous episode too where it's just like you already sort of said it where it's just like they're sort of on that fine line where it's like are they competing or are they rebuilding? It's like you sort of need to go in one direction. You can't do both. And so it's just like I'm curious to see just what time, what kind of team are we going to see here in 2023 because, yeah, very much Mike Frabel's coaching seat is extremely hot. So regardless of what happens, like I mean – He's very much tied to how this season goes. So they do poorly, like right out of the gate. If they're winless through their first, like maybe five games, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe they fire a midseason. But if like they're doing okay, season okay, I think they possibly could fire a midseason because it's just like yeah, like I said, I just I don't know which direction they're going into as far as like like I said, are they rebuilding? Are they competing? It's like hard to do both, especially with the moves that they made exactly like laid out. Where it's just like I don't know if they did enough to be competitive, but then it's like also where it's like. I don't know if they're making moves to be like a rebuild sort of thing. Too. It's like I don't see either one with the moves that they made. Like, I mean, I guess the Will Levis signing is like, okay, this is a move for the future. He's our future franchise quarterback. But it's like everything else around him, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really well, see it. For, so. like, it's not like Will Levis is a surefire, uh, surefire prospect either. Like, he, he no, it's true. There was, there it's true, but it's like you clearly drafted him with the idea that's like, okay, potentially he is our franchise quarterback I'm now. Sure. We clearly, like you said, I think are going to move on from Ryan Tannehill. So it's like this is the guy now or potentially just extra competition for Malik Willis in case they do still see something in him. But it's just like, yeah, based on everything that I'm reading, it seems like they're ready to move on from Malik Willis too, yeah, which yeah. is very, very shocking there. But just, yeah, I I don't blame you at all. Like Tennessee, like 
for sure. I think I ever brought that up during their draft. We did our draft episode. We talked about that where we did a post draft. I said, I think I'd like the Titans as one of my worst drafts that season. I mean, that the, this current season. So it, you know, it's very it's- understandable. They just haven't done a lot to make me think that they'll be competitive in a surprisingly open AFC South. Like, I mean, they have a chance to compete. And so it's just like these moves just don't strike me as like, okay, we could still be a little bit competitive. Like they're not that great of moves. And then it's like, okay, we're clearly rebuilding. We're looking towards the future. They weren't those types of moves either. So it's just like, yeah, I'm very puzzled by their off season. So yeah, I do not expect that to be competitive in 2023. And I'm glad you brought up their overall draft. Cause again, uh, Pierce Karonski at number 11. I thought that was a great pick. I loved it at the time. Well, I didn't love it at the time, but I thought it was a good pick at the time. Um, but then the, the next two picks were so puzzling because, again, you have holes with your edge rushing, as, you know, my blank note said. Yeah, spoiler alert, those were blank. Um, they, but they had to be blank because they didn't do anything. <laughs> this was such a deep corner class. How do you not touch a single corner? Instead, in the second round, you take Will Levis, which, again, fills a hole that wasn't even there. And if it was, next year's a much better time or much better class to address that hole with. And then in the third round, you take Tajay Spears. I had a coworker come up to me constantly after the draft and be like, Tajay Spears, that's a pretty good fantasy play. I'm like, no, he's not. I don't understand why they did that. And it's just like, I, it's so confusing. Like the only way the Tajay Spears draft pick makes sense to me is if they trade Derrick Henry. But I don't think that's going to happen until after, you know, in the next offseason. So I don't know. It's just like, it, it, you, you really dropped the ball here. Yeah. I 100% agree with that one. 100% agree with that one. So, actually, you brought up a name, David Long Jr., that's actually going to transition into one of my teams that I want to discuss. And that's actually a winner here. And that is the team that signed David Long Jr. And that is the Miami Dolphins. I mean, you look at the moves that they made. They really put themselves to be competitive in a surprisingly... I think it's going to be a competitive AFC East now. Like, I mean, we'll see about the Patriots, but the Bills are obviously a front runner in that division to possibly win it. The Jets, obviously, with the uh, acquisition of Aaron Rodgers, they're obviously going to be a little bit more competitive, too. Um, then, obviously, you got here the Miami Dolphins, who were 9-8 and eight last year. They were borderline about to make the playoffs. I think they've just missed it. Now, I think they have the pieces here with the offseason that they had that they could sort of make that move to take a leap potentially be division, you know, in contention to win the division and just overall be a playoff team. Because, I mean, you got to start this off with, they traded for Jalen Ramsey. Like, I mean, you traded for one of the best quarters in the NFL and the compensation to get, compensation, excuse me, to get him was quite low. They gave up a third round pick and they traded one of their backup tight ends, Hunter Long. So, I mean, it's like to get a guy like Jalen Ramsey for that that compensation, that's fantastic. Yeah, Hunter Long, like, has all the physical promise, but he reminds me a lot of Noah fan of, like, oh, he'll be good. He'll be good. Just, just keep waiting. He'll be good. And it's like, it's just never going to come. Well, whatever it is, it's just like, yeah, they, I think they pretty much have a very good compensation offer there with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they moved on from their defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer. Makes sense. Not all that great. And then what do you do? You go and you hire Vic Fangio, a very experienced defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's done a lot of great things with San Francisco, and so I think he's going to fit in really well. I think he was pretty good in Denver, too. Unfortunately, the head coaching, I think, just got the best of him there, so I think he wasn't able to build the best defense they wanted to there in Denver, but just, yeah, He's looking really good. I think he's going to make that Miami defense a lot better. We're, let's get to the sightings here. Yard had brought up David Long. I think he's going to shore up their linebacking group there. Excellent addition there. Uh, Mike White, one of the 
darling stories of the New York Jets last year. He's a good backup for Tua. We obviously saw all the concussion problems last year. It's really good to have an experienced quarterback like Mike White, who clearly could show that he could play at that level. I think Mike McDaniel can get a good amount out of him in case he does have to step into a starting role. Uh, Braxton Berrios, a very underrated slot possession receiver, like just move the chains type of guy. He shows good speed as well. He's also from the New York Jets, so that's a really good addition there. Well, you know why he went to Miami is because he went to Miami. He is from Miami U. Oh, there you go. Yes, yes. I think I remember that. Yeah, he's a former Hurricane, so that makes a ton of sense there. Uh, they upgraded their offensive line. They signed Dan Feeney to upgrade the guard position and Isaiah Wynn, the tackle as well. So lots of good signings there. And if you look at their losses, Tad, not too many significant losses. They lost Eric Rowe. They're one of their quarters, I think, is like not a huge loss, but he is a solid corner. veteran he, contributor. He a little bit more safety for them, but he was like one of those hybrids. Yeah, but still a good veteran presence. So it's like a little bit of a loss, but nothing too huge. And then we already talked about it a lot last season, but Mike Gisecki just didn't fit into that offense. We talked about him potentially being traded. It didn't end up happening. So what they happened, they just let him walk in free agency. They're like, okay, we don't need a tight end because they replaced it with Tyler Croft. And I think they have Eric Sobert, I believe, in one of their backup tight ends. So it's like clearly they're going to focus on running the ball. They're not going to use the tight ends in their passing offense. So, yeah, letting Mike Jasicki walk. He's with the Patriots now. It's like, okay, that's fine. No, not a big loss for them. Everybody else that they lost is not a big enough name where, like, it's worth bringing up here. But just, yeah, so they made some good additions, made some good – that didn't suffer any significant losses here. Now let's get to the draft. So, obviously, with lots of their wheelings and dealings, part of the Jalen Ramsey trade, part of the Tyreek Hill trade from last year, they didn't have that many draft picks here. They had four draft picks this year. So, obviously, with the sort of tampering with Sean Payton and Tom Brady and all that stuff, they had their – they didn't have their first-round pick. Um, so they did have their second round pick and they picked number at number 51 overall cam Smith, the defensive back out of South Carolina, excellent pick there upgrade that secondary. So really good pick there at the third round. One of my favorite picks, one of my favorite landing spots for this running back to Devin is Shane out of Texas A&M landing in this pick. type of offense with Mike McDaniel, especially with the injuries that we've seen with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson jr. At times like he's going to find some playing time. As soon as people start to see this type of play time he's getting in the flash, that he's showing, he might start to get more and more touches in the offense. I really like that landing spot for Devin and Shane. In the sixth and seventh round, they had a couple extra picks here. Elijah Higgins out of Stanford. A lot of promise, but obviously you got to develop that talent. And then Ryan Hayes, the offensive tackle out of Michigan, another developing tackle there. So four spots, but they filled some good holes and they got some prospects that they can sort of develop as well there. So Tad, I mean, they had one of the league's best offenses last year. They ranked 11th in points per game with 23.4, 6th in total yards per game with 364.5. The problem was the defense, which is where clearly we saw them address with David Long Jr., Jalen Ramsey, obviously. They go got these guys that could upgrade their defense. Cam Smith in the second round, obviously, right? So... They allowed the ninth most uh, the ninth most points per game at 23.5 last season. Also allowed uh, 15th most uh, yards per game at 337.8. And the biggest one, which is why they went out and got Ramsey, the sixth most passing yards per game at 234.8. So it makes a lot of sense with the moves that they made. They addressed the holes that they needed to. And I think overall their roster just got a lot more competitive, a lot more complete. Maybe there's a few things like I think they probably could address the offensive line a little bit better. I do like the offensive line that they have, but they probably could have filled in with the veteran, maybe a guy in the draft as well, not just Ryan Hayes in the seventh. Maybe they could have used that third round instead of Devin and Shane. They could have gone with the offensive line prospect. But overall, Ted, I think we discussed it. This offensive line class was 
very top heavy. There wasn't as much in the middle there. So it's probably a better reason as to why they went with the shade in the third round. But overall, I'm very happy with my, with my, with what Miami did. And I think they could be very competitive in the AFC East now. Yeah. I mean, not much to really counter uh, what you said was uh, it, exactly why Miami was such winners is because yeah, their roster took a couple dips in the places, but like almost everywhere else they, you know, it rose. So like you said, getting Jalen Ramsey for a bargain pick was an yep. absolute steal, especially because something that you didn't touch on, Xavier Howard with that whole weird, uh, you know, semi retirement, semi I quit thing. Yeah. Um, he's got one, one foot in one foot out sort of thing. Yeah. So, I know yeah, he's probably going to come back and, and nothing against Xavier Howard. I'm, I'm sure, you know, that, that must've been rough, but so they needed even more corner help than before. And they like instantly fixed that. Um, the offensive line, I completely uh, – it was funny because that was the point I was going to make, and I was like, damn it, he said it. Um, <laughs> is, and this shows that the punishment works. Damn it, Miami. Um, that if you take away a first-round pick, it really does hurt a team. Because I think that if they had that first-round pick, they would have gone offensive line. I 100% Easily. believe that. Mm-hmm. But because by the time they were on the clock, all the good offensive linemen were gone, they're like, eh, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, it's just – I mean, and you got to remember too is Tua was a – should I try it? Do it. To a tongue of Iloa. There you go. That's actually there not bad. Not See, there you are. And you know why I learned his name is because he was a borderline MVP candidate last year. Like this is a good team, a good system. If Tua can stay healthy, and it's not like a ankle situation where it's like, ah, that might be a bum ankle. Ah, that might be a bum knee. No, he's just an extremely unlucky individual with multiple head injuries. And yes, if the head injuries keep being a problem, then I'll be worried about it. But I think the, 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 the hype, I don't know, hype's not the right word. The worry around the consistent head injuries is a little talked about too much because it's sure. just one of those things. It's just, it's a matter of luck. It's not like, oh, yeah. is he, you know, is he, it's it, again, it's like if you have a bad ankle and you twist a little bit where most players are okay, you're good. Now with a head injury, a head injury is a head injury. So it just happens. Yeah. So I think that those, Fears are a little unfounded. I think the Miami Dolphins will be really good. And another thing to make the Dolphins a winner that, you know, granted, yes, it's just speculation at this point. They could land down with Cook. Those rumors have really been heating up the last It is interesting, yeah, that could potentially happen. I saw someone on Twitter be like, oh, if they land down with Cook, they're not going to be any better. Are you insane? Have we seen this, like, 49ers offense? We saw what happened when they traded for Christian McCaffrey last year. Seriously. If they land Alvin Cook, this offense is going to be the easily the fastest offense in the NFL. So if I'm Miami, I'm calling them up. And honestly, I'm offering a first for him. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see about that because I've also been hearing that Minnesota may decide to just cut him. And so then, well, yeah, that's, that's I'm going to get it for free then essentially then, right? Yeah, instead of exactly. giving up a draft compensation there. So, yeah, I very much like Miami here. So, Ted, let's transition into your one of your teams, uh, the one of the, t- the team that you chose that has a good offseason? Because obviously you discussed the bad with the Tennessee Titans, sure. and yeah, very much agree with that one. So who do you like that had a good offseason? And he's currently off camera, but I'll see if I can interest him enough to come back on for the winner. Um, I mean, this team was easily, I would say probably the first offseason winner of the year, and that is the Chicago Bears. The second they mm. trade away the first overall pick, that they became the winners. Not only did they get C, I yes got him interested enough caps back on camera and he's gone uh <laughs> but the second they trade away that first overall pick and we talked about this after they did it wasn't just the fact that you got a boatload of draft picks back from carolina which was a great you know trade 
but you got your number one uh, receiving threat for Justin Fields and DJ Moore. And I'm a mm-hmm. big DJ Moore guy. I've been singing his praises for the last two years. This dude is a true number one receiver. He doesn't look the part, but he he plays it. And so, okay, instantly you're already off to a great start. Then you go to free agency. They signed uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Nate Davis, the Titans player. I was just like, how could you let this guy go? Yep. He went to Chicago. Uh, Robert Tunyon. Deontay Foreman. Now, those last two, I'm not saying they're like, oh, those are groundbreaking, but low risk, high reward. Because mm-hmm. both of those guys are showing us they can't produce. Will they? It doesn't really matter if they don't. Because we've already seen success and you already have good players at those positions anyway. And um, uh, Cole Komet, and this is so bad. I mentioned him on last week's episode. Khalil Herbert. Thank you. Um, so I, I think that – oh, by the way, what I still maintain is the most underrated – free agency signing of the entire offseason across any teams getting tj edwards for only 20 million dollars is an one. absolute steal that dude had 99 tackles by himself last year yeah i know teams that would pay 40 million for that and the bears got him for half that and the big thing is you pair him up with their big acquisition at the linebacker position tremaine edmonds it's like you got a great one-two punch there now well, the like instantly position. fix their defense it's like what you were saying with miami it was like okay our offense is Good. We need to work on our offensive line. We'll touch on that in a bit. Um, but we need to work on our offensive line, but let's really focus on this defense. Let's get that built up. And they did it in a span of about two weeks. Like it was a masterclass and just how you have a bunch of money in free agency and how you spend it well. And that was the thing. It wasn't like what the commanders do um, where, God, they must be so excited to be rid of Dan Snyder. But uh, where they're just like, here's a bunch of money to like three players. It's not like an Albert Hainsworth. It's like, okay, no, oh, where do we spend, oh yeah, where do we spend the most money and where do we, you know, kind of find the deals? They went about it in just such a smart way. And then, you know, on the offensive line part of it is, so they, like I said, they signed Nate Davis. I thought that was great signing. And then at the time I kind of questioned this, but the more I think on it, it's this draft pick's actually growing on me is they took Darnell Wright mm-hmm. at number 10, I believe with all the trades, it's hard to keep track. Um, at number 10, they took Darnell Wright over Peter Skronsky. And at the time, I, I did not agree with that decision. But the more I think about it, I actually like it. Because I think the reason they did that is because Darnell Wright is definitely a better athlete than Skronsky. I will not say otherwise. So I think they went for the more athletic tackle to defend the more athletic quarterback. We need. They kind of said, hey, we need a guy that can you know kind of move around with our quarterback. And Darnell Wright is much better at that. Especially, he didn't allow Hendon Hooker to get sacked a single time last year. Exactly, exactly. And and he dominated Will Anderson. So, I think they kind of looked at that. I was like, okay, he's more athletic. He can move around a little bit better than Skronsky. It's a better fit. Okay, I'll buy that. So, okay, you fix your offensive line. And then, you know, look at this this way. Uh, Also with, you know, the draft is they got Noah uh, Sewell, who was at, you know, before the season being talked about, as a first-rounder, they got him, I believe, in the third, maybe the fourth round. And also a potentially interesting player. I, I forgot to bring this up in last week's episode, but Rashawn Johnson, the running back out of Texas, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. could be a fantasy you know, dark horse there. So keep an eye on him. So they drafted pretty well. And ultimately, and look, I, I will say this. This is what the Bears did well, is they should be a wild-card candidate this upcoming season. But let's assume worst-case scenario. Okay, let's assume Justin Fields sucks now that they have all the pieces around him set for success. Let's assume he sucks. I'm not saying that's what I think is going to happen, but let's just assume it does. Okay, 
they have two first-round picks going into next year's draft with a very deep and good quarterback draft class. We talked about in our mock draft episode. You can go back a couple episodes back and listen to that, where I'm going to have a tough time breaking down my top five quarterbacks for that draft because I love most of the quarterbacks in this draft. So if Justin Fields sucks, you have the ammo to go get your guy to replace him. Now, let's assume what I think is going to happen and what hopefully does happen. Best case scenario, Justin Fields is as good as we think he is. He continues to progress as a passer. Well, all of a sudden, Chicago, again, has two first-round picks. So they continue to bolster this roster. They have a lot of money going in free agency next offseason as well. So honestly, I'm telling you, not this upcoming season, but 2024, 2025, the Bears could easily catapult themselves into being Super Bowl favorites because of how smartly they played this offseason. Super Bowl favorites. Super now, Bowl that's favorites. high praise. That's Super high Bowl praise. Favorites. I'll plant my flag on that hill. Wow. All right. All right. So that's a little bit extreme for me. Ah, I say that. <laughs> but I do like the fact that everything you laid out is exactly like the way you want to build your franchise after sort of like, you know, this is what the Titans should be doing. This is what the Titans should be doing. I'll tell you a story. It was funny. So like last year was miserable for me, right? Because the Colts just sucked. There was no yeah. hope. There was nothing. And we kept losing. And I was just like, I just, I hate this season. I hate this. And then I was talking with my Bears friend, uh, Matt, and despite them losing a lot of games, he actually really wasn't that disheartened all that much, if at all, because he was like, we're losing, but man, we're losing in a good way. Like they were, they were exciting. They were exactly. That's the way to rebuild is like there was hope there the entire exactly. time, and they capitalized on that hope. Hundred percent. Because like I said, I like some of the pieces that they had already. It just unfortunately just the way things were sort of going out for them. It's just you didn't see it all. They lacked pieces, right? right? Now you sort of added more pieces to that team. You're going to be a lot more competitive this year. Like I said, I could see them being a fringe wild card contender as well. And then definitely next year they take another leap and they could make make a deeper playoff run. I'm not like I said, maybe Super Bowl's a little bit extreme little with some of the talent out there in the NFC, but just they'll be a contender to win the NFC North. Like they could be very much NFC North contender. And like I said, make a deep playoff run potentially as well. Especially now in two years from now, because Kirk Cousins, this is probably his last year in Minnesota. So Minnesota, so Minnesota is probably going to take a little bit of a dip unless they can instantly fix the quarterback situation. Maybe they can, maybe they can't, whatever. Uh, Green Bay, we've already talked about this. No, I, I think you agree with me. We don't think Green Bay is going to be very good for the next few years. Uh, like I said, just all depends on Jordan Love. Not, yeah, sure. exactly. not sure. And then Detroit the hell are they going to do with Jared Goff? I think Detroit's a favorite pick to trade up for a quarterback next year's draft. So yeah, no, the NFC North is the landscape changing. It's, Bears could, you know, potentially be on top of that division for a while going forward. Well, you have to remember Detroit drafted headed hooker, so they could be competitive. Oh, fuck. I actually forgot about <laughs> But regardless, yeah. regardless, what I like about the NFC North now is just, it's going to be a lot more competitive before we saw like just your, Always you're seeing Green Bay as the front runners. I think Minnesota finally won it last year as division winners sort or of thing. So just like now we're going to see a little bit more competition. That's going to bring out the best of a lot of these teams. So, but yeah, Chicago's very much going to be in the mix because like you said, Tad, I don't think you've brought up this scenario too, where it's like, if they're really good, either they use both those first round picks or they trade one of them again and they get a haul again, very similar to what happened with Carolina this year, right? Where it's just like, Hey, why not? And just continue this cycle going forward, right? I did not bring that scenario because I didn't even think about that. Keep one to <laughs> the other. Cause I think third draft pick obviously is going to be in the teens or low twenties. Most likely. Um, yep. I don't know where Carolina's is going to be. I almost picked Carolina as a winning candidate for this offseason because yeah. Carolina could be good. They could also be in the play for the wild card this year. They could. 
or they could suck. It really depends on how well their yeah. vets play. So it's like, I think a lot of it depends on, are the Bears in the top 10 again with the Carolina pick, or are they in the teens? Because if it's in the teens, I don't think they're going to get a massive haul for that. Yeah, it's a possibility. Depending on how the draft plays out, too, they could obviously make a that's slight awesome trade too. up, too. Oh, so yeah. like, that's no, a possibility there's like a little Levis like, slip with the court. Exactly. Nice. Like, I'm not joking. Like, there are five legitimate first-round quarterbacks, as it sits now, where, like, someone's going to slip. So it's – God, I can't wait till next year's draft. Can we do it way too early mock draft, top 32? No, we're definitely not touching that at all this top entire eight. summer. No, this entire 16. summer. Nope, nope, nope. Um, so yeah, I, I love the bears off season. It's a very good one for sure. I think they're very set up for the next couple of seasons for sure. If everything goes according to plan, obviously, you know, you never know things can obviously happen, but you know, knock on wood for Jay and Matt, obviously our two bears fan supporters of the show. Hopefully everything goes according to plan for the Chicago bears now, but I can bring up my team that unfortunately did not have a successful off season in my book. And I think your book too, as well. When I told you my team here, it is the Las Vegas Raiders. So okay. <laughs> they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. That's probably one of their bigger signings. They signed Jacoby Myers away from the New England Patriots to pair with Josh McDaniels again. So pretty good signing there. You know, familiar with the offense there. Marcus Epps from the NFC winning uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He's now going to be adding to their safety position there. Not a bad addition. Brian Hoyer, veteran quarterback experience there. Brian Hoyer's a leader. He is back with Josh McDaniels. That is correct. Back <laughs> up Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Robert, uh, Robert Spillane's very underrated linebacker. I think he's going to bring some good um, good play for the uh, Raiders defense there. And then Austin Hooper, veteran tight end, was added to the core there. Now, you look at the losses here. This is where I think it hurts a little bit yeah. more. Because you look at those additions, you're like, it's not bad. But there's a reason why. <laughs> well, big one, obviously, they released Derek Carr. He is now a member of the New Orleans Saints. And then they got... Darren Waller on their roster, one of the probably most athletic tight ends in the league, unfortunately dealt with some injuries last year. They decided to ship him off to New York with the Giants now. So, I mean, it's just like I'm wondering about that trade. It's just like, is that going to be a good move for them? Will they look back and be like, oh, we should have made that trade. Like, he just absolutely blows up in New York now with Daniel Jones and Brian Dable in that offense there. So, questionable move there, but he is no longer a Las Vegas Raider. Uh, Jared Stidham, who came in and stepped in for Derek Carr when he was hit, hurt a couple of times. Yeah, he so. made a great, he had a great showing against my San Francisco 49ers. Almost pulled up game. the upset. Almost pulled up the game. upset, but I mean, it still says something that he's a good backup to have on he your roster. Familiar with, the, familiar with the system, right? So surprised that they let him walk. He's now a member of the Denver Broncos. Rocky Sid. He's a Denver Bronco, correct? Yeah, uh, Rocky Sin, a former Indianapolis Colt. He was that's with the Raiders point. last year. He is now a member of the Baltimore Ravens, so he just bolsters that secondary there. Uh, Denzel Perryman, a very good ta- uh, linebacker who was formerly with the Chargers, also with the Houston Texans, if I remember correctly. Well, now he's back with the Houston Texans, so I mean, he's there. And then finally, yeah. Mac Hollins, one of their backup uh, receivers who had a couple of good games for them last year. He is now a member of the Atlanta Falcons. And so you let, let all of them walk in free agency, obviously released Derek Carr, traded Jared Waller. Now let's get to the draft because they had nine picks in the draft. So they could have really anchored their team here with some good selections. So Tyree Wilson, number seven overall, excellent pick. Great pick. I love that pick. Second round, number 35 overall, Michael Bear. Love that pick. The fact that it's dropped their value, like, I mean, that is sensational that they were able to get him there. Here's where I'm not a huge fan of their draft. <laughs> I don't remember the Raiders draft. So this exactly. Is- like, I mean, it should be a little bit memorable, right, for you right. to think All about right. the Raiders so and their offseason, right? But, yeah, here they go the third round. 
Number 70 overall, Byron Young, defensive tackle at Alabama. Like, he's got some promise, but I think they're going to go in different directions here. Physical freak, no technique whatsoever. Exactly. Number three, this is, I think, one of the more surprising picks of the entire draft. Number 100 overall pick. They took Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati, the wide receiver. And you think that – I do remember that. You think when you go to Cincinnati, they could have taken Tyler Scott, who a lot of people were talking about at the time. But, Ted, here's the name that is just the perfect Raider, and he was still available at this spot. Jalen Hyatt was available, and they did not draft him. They took Trey Tucker instead. So that's why I'm like, why did they take this guy? I'm very surprised at that. The Giants, right? He ended up going to the Giants. Absolutely correct. He was going to the Giants athletes. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but yeah, so that was a little bit surprising. Jacory Bennett, quarter out of Maryland, was taken in the fourth round. Not bad talent, but just I, I, I just don't see it. I, I think they could have gone a different direction. Number four, they got their backup quarterback here, potentially Aiden O'Connell, their franchise possibly out of Purdue. Stupid pick. I wasn't a huge fan of Aiden O'Connell when I was watching his tape, but drafting him here in the fourth round is about uh, developmental talent. I mean, maybe it's there, but just they could have gone different directions there instead of quarterback. Uh, Christopher Smith, the safety out of Georgia in the fifth round, not a bad pick. Um, Amari Bernie, the linebacker out of Florida, was taken in the sixth round. And then Nesta Jade Silvera, the defensive tackle out of Arizona State, was taken in the seventh round. So not a bad draft class but i wouldn't say it was very good either like i love the first two picks sensational with wilson and mayor but then after that i was like i'm not sure what they were doing exactly so it's not a huge fan of that so let's discuss these moves overall now so obviously i think the big one here the lateral move going from Derek carr to jimmy garoppolo like was oh, that I really was... an upgrade like i understand no. I understand, obviously, that Derek Carr situation, they didn't want to make that work, so they were going to grant him a trade or a release. They ended up, obviously, releasing him, so he signed with the New Orleans Saints, but just, like, we talked about the, I mean, we just talked about this, how just, like, they have very similar skill sets. And I think on top of it now, Jimmy Garoppolo comes with the injury history. For Derek Carr's credit, he was very healthy for the Las Vegas Raiders and briefly the Oakland Raiders, obviously, for a little bit too there. But he was very healthy for them, so he played majority of their games. Jimmy Garoppolo. He failed a physical because he had a foot surgery back in March. So there's a possibility that they may renege that contract. He may not even be a Raider. Like, I mean, that is possibilities out there. It literally depends until August. We don't even know if he's going to be on this roster. (laughs) No, it is not a lateral move. It is is a downgrade. And this is why Josh McDaniels is a terrible coach is because he wants to be like Belichick and implement his own culture. And in the process, he – yeah, I almost went overboard there. He kills or he moves players off the roster that the team liked. Like, it's it's bizarre. Darrell Waller was a great story that I know for a fact. I, the company I used to work for, the Raiders were one of the main teams we followed. So I'm very familiar with Raiders fandom. They love the Darren Waller story. Former drug addict, former alcoholic. He, you know, comes back and becomes one of the best tight ends in the league. Like, Vegas and Oakland both. Love that story. They thought it was great. Everybody loves a good redemption story. What do you do? You boot him into New York. Why? Because he had one bad year where he got hurt. Not even like bad year, like, oh, what's wrong with him? Like he's not producing on the field. He just got hurt. It happens. It's football. And then on top of that, Derek Carr was also another guy. Raiders fans liked him. Sure, they were a little frustrated by him. Yes. But they recognized this is probably the best Raiders quarterback of all time. So it was just one of those things of just like, I mean – like what what and he did the exact same thing in Denver where Broncos fans love Kyle Orton mm-hmm. and then he put in Tebow just because he wanted to save his own ass. And I feel like that's what he's trying to do now is he's just implementing all these changes to save himself because I mean you were talking about how, how hot Rabel seat is. 
personally, if you're asking me, I would put McDaniel's seat, you know, above the list on hotter seats than uh, Rabel. I don't know about you, but it's just one I of those things. I can see that. Well, and it's unfortunate for the Raiders, too, because if they were in any other division, I don't think this offseason would have been as bad. But you look at what the Chargers have done this offseason. You look at what the Chiefs have done this offseason. You look at what the Broncos. The Broncos were my third pick for the offseason winner. They've done so much this offseason, all three of them, to improve. And they were already the best division in football. So now you have all three of those teams that are going to have just an absolute bloodbath of a battle for the crown. And the Raiders are kind of sitting there like, hi, guys. Like, it's just like. Exactly. I, I, Participation I, trophy for just being in the division. That's exactly it's, what it's going honest, to be. Honest to God, if that whole roster survives through the season, that's an accomplishment on itself. So, like, it's it's. I wouldn't say they had, like, a terrible offseason. It's just in comparison with the, the division. Yeah, that that's what makes it terrible. No, 100%. 100%. And then also, like I talked about, they signed Brian Hoyer. And they drafted Aiden O'Connell. So now with Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history, it's like, do you trust those guys as backup options to potentially start during the course of the season if Garoppolo were to go down, if he stays on the roster for the well, first part? I will, I will say this. I will say this. The Raiders could go from losers to winners very quickly because you know, Amir, a new owner has stepped in for the Raiders. An owner who does have a little bit of experience at quarterback. And this said owner, should Jimmy Garoppolo, he's done it before, he has done it before, could step in for an Andrew Jimmy Garoppolo, Tom Brady, third comeback time, baby, bring it on. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about yeah, that. I hope Let's... that happens so much. I'd cheer for chaos, and that would be the ultimate chaos. Owner, player, please make that happen. But yeah, let's get back to like some of their other moves that they made that just I wasn't too you know keen on. Um, like we talked about trading one away, trading away one of their best offensive players on the roster, Darren Waller. And I do like the replacement of Michael Mayer, but he doesn't bring the athleticism and the sort of just like breaking, like just uh, game breaking talent. That's what I was looking for there. Like, that Darren Waller brings that offense. It's just like he's a rookie. Exactly. Yeah. Plus, we're going to have to see how he transitions into the NFL as far as how he accumulates and just, you know, it's going to be a slow process for him. Um, Like I said, I love the Tyree Wilson pick, but I just don't think the defense got better overall. And it's kind of important because like their offense was good at times, but their defense was sort of the reason as to why they weren't as competitive. Like I love Max Crosby. He's a great pick. I love Chandler Jones on that pick uh, on that team as well. And you added Tyree Wilson. But Besides that, you also have to look at the fact that they surrendered the seventh most points per game and the fifth most total yards per game. Also, Tad, they forced only 13 turnovers, worst in the league, also forced only 27 sacks, third worst in the league. So, I mean, this defense just didn't get much better, which makes me excited that's like potentially if the offense can do enough, the defense can sort of hold their own and give this offense a little bit more time to sort of score more points, get some field goals, what have you. But it's just like, I don't think they did enough on defense either. And the last thing I want to bring up is just, we talked about this offensive line so much. I think they're okay at the tackle positions, but the interior of this offensive line just worries me quite a bit. I think they could have addressed it. They did it at all with any of their draft picks, nothing at free agency. The only free agent moves that they signed as far as offensive line are concerned, Jermaine Illuminor, Natay Muti and Hieronis Grasu. So none of those guys are slated to be I starters. Our last one. <laughs> so none of these guys are even slated to be projected starters for this team, with the exception of Jermaine Illuminor. But Jermaine Illuminor is a tackle. It doesn't address their interior of their offensive line. So that's what worries me a lot. Like you said, they play in a very tough division. They have good defenses. 
especially up there in the front. So they're going to be able to get after uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, Ian O'Connell, whoever's play quarterback. They're going to have a tough time with this interior offensive line. So, yeah, I'm, Raiders are just very puzzling as far as all the moves they made as well. I don't think they got better at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's the whole point is just did you get better? No. Did you get worse? I don't think they got, like, that much worse. But yeah, you like, can argue that, though, too. It's like, yeah. But again, like, if, you, if you're doing this thing, like, with your two hands, you're like, exactly. yeah, okay, they didn't do terrible. Um, well, if you're in the NFC North or the AFC South, okay, all right, that's that's not the worst offseason in the world. But when you are in a division that just loaded up with Keenan Allen's successor, the Super Bowl champions that just found a new young receiver and the Denver Broncos who hired one of the best coaches we've seen in the last two decades, like, eh, is going to kill you. Exactly. And it's, uh, just like you said, Josh McDaniels is on a very hot seat as well, potentially hotter than Mike Vrabel's as well. So, yeah, this is a crucial season for him, and I don't think he made the moves where it seems like, oh, yeah, he's fighting for his job. No, this is the moves of just like he's surrendering. That's what it sort of seems like. And again, that's why I brought up how much the fans love Derek Waller, uh, uh, Darren Waller and Derek Carr. I just combined them. Um, is That's how a coach lo- loses their job quicker. Is like if the fa- I will tell you that. That's how Frank Reich uh, held on to his job so long. Because like we like – we being Colts fans, we like uh, Frank Reich. And I just remember apparently I'm no longer a Colts fan according to the <laughs> sense. But anyway, you're still a Colts, you're still a Colts fan. You're just not yeah. regretting that the St. Louis Rams are now the Los Angeles Rams. That was the whole purpose. Yeah, I'll have to find a way to recant that. But um, no, Frank Reich was a fan favorite. Like we all liked him up until the last season. We were like, oh no, you do suck. But like that was one of the. And Chuck Pagano is another excellent example of this with the you know cancer storyline. Yep. The mm-hmm. fans bought into that. Um, so when the fans turn on you, you are screwed. And yeah. that, and Josh Daniels is very quickly having the fans turn on him. Like he just he doesn't have that like personality factor. Like the the Boston fans love Bill Belichick because he is Boston. Josh McDaniels is not Las Vegas. Like that's just that that fit does not work. So honestly, again, I'll have to look at the list again. But he might be my number two, nor man, maybe even my number one pick. A coach is going to get fired midseason. It happens every year. He's he's high on my list. Well, Ted, let's not give away a future episode. Like, I mean, let's All maybe right. discuss that down the road. That's why I got to look at the list because I know there's someone <laughs> obvious. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's a very given. The Raiders just did not have a successful offseason. Oh, well, I know. But... Right now. I'm not going to say it. But all right, so let's close out today's episode here. I think we obviously discussed, you know, some offseason winners, offseason losers. If we didn't get to a team that you wanted us to get to, like, I mean, you see the social media handles coming right down below on Twitter. You got us, me at Up the Side 23. You got Tad, Tad Side 94. Got the show handle at the Decide Guys. And of course, we're on Instagram at the Decide Guys as well. So what do you think about our picks? You know, like I said, is there a team that you want us to give a quick grade on? You know, hit us up on our social media handles. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to give you our opinions on anything and everything when it comes to football. So make sure you're interacting with us there. Um, if you're listening to us on our uh, on our podcast, make sure you subscribe or listen to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. You can listen right on the LEFB Network website. A ton of platforms out there for you to listen to our podcast. Just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with all the latest episodes that are dropping. 
If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you're always up to date with all of our latest YouTube videos. Uh, you know, the impromptu punishment videos, just like random things that are dropping. You'll always be alerted when those things are dropping. So make sure you're subscribing there. But also make sure you're subscribing to our parent network, LEFB Network. They got a lot of great content coming on their YouTube channel as well, where they're covering the Trojans and the Bruins at the college level. And of course, on the professional level, covering the Rams and the Chargers and Rams, obviously. Now in LA, and Ted, I think, is happy with that right now. So. <laughs> but guys, I mean, if you're going to kill Chauncey. <laughs> But guys, I mean, if you're watching the episodes, if you're listening to the podcast, I mean, if you're interacting with us, following us, I mean, guys, reading our articles that are on the LEMP Network website, I mean, just guys, anything and everything that you're doing to support us, we seriously just can't thank you enough. And any fun contest that you come up with, uh, clearly I'm glutton for punishment. So please like push them forward, like Amir said, on those socials below. Um, yeah, like he also said, if you want us to break down your favorite your, your favorite team's offseason, I would love to do that. There were, like I said, I wanted to talk Broncos. I wanted to talk Panthers. But unfortunately, we were limited to one pick for time reasons. So I have all those arguments ready. I just need somebody to ask for them. So if you want to talk your favorite team, we are more than open to do so. Me and Amir both. Uh, if you guys have any other show segment ideas, we were just, you know, knocking off like 10 or 12 just a couple days ago about how to fill out the next two weeks. So we are wide open for your suggestions. We want to give you guys what you want because you have been such great listeners, such great watchers, and we really, really cannot say how much we appreciate it. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, please stay safe.